Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max filling in for Keyshawn Johnson, who was a failure on Dancing with the Stars, plus those other guys. I, I'm shook it. I, I like. I can't stop watching Keyshawn up there. Yeah, if you can watch us on ESPNU, which means you also were just seeing the clip of Keyshawn Johnson from Dancing with the Stars. They're running it back right now for us on ESPNU. Uh, not quite the moves, maybe, that we'd expect from a professional athlete on that show. I think we... We have seen professional athletes do, former professional athletes do very well on that show in the past. I'm not super well-versed, though, with Dancing in the Stars. I got to be honest. Not my thing so much, so I haven't watched a ton of it. Well, and our friend Victoria Arlen that you can see coming up in just a few minutes on First Take uh, next hour, she was on Dancing with the Stars also. That show is so much easier for the guys, though, because, like, what did Keyshawn really do right there? He just stood around and twirled somebody that did all the real work while he just moved his feet from point A to point B. So I'm just saying. I give credit to anybody who will get out there on national television and dance though right I mean putting yourself out there apparently it's like a crazy workout the training for that show is apparently insane probably you're right a little easier maybe on the men than the women but I think anybody who's willing to do that put themselves out there like that would Jason Fitz do it if Dancing with the Stars gave you a call again no I I played it twice uh and that's the closest I'm gonna get to it you know like I'll play I'll play the violin I'll play if I die young while somebody else dances around on it I will not dance around no though America doesn't want that like America does not want to see me try and move We're not going to dance around the subject of the NFL any longer. We got Thursday night football tonight. Cowboys at Titans. That's why uh, they call you a pro right? in this radio thing. That's how you do it. Uh, Ed Warder, he is ESPN's NFL reporter joining us. And Ed, would you go on Dancing with the Stars if you got the call? Uh, I took three lessons to dance at my daughter's wedding, one song, and that's enough for me. I'm out. (laughs) Fair, fair. I love that answer. Are you out uh, on the Dallas Cowboys tonight? The stakes, there's none for the Tennessee Titans. This Cowboys team, maybe an opportunity here for them to show off. But could this be a trap game for Dallas? Well, I would say this. If the if the Titans were playing this game to win, uh, if it mattered to them as far as their postseason, then I think the Titans would exactly be the kind of team to give the Cowboys a problem. I mean, the Cowboys have gone 2-1 and one against the AFC South. They lost to Jacksonville. They needed a goal line stand and a 98-yard touchdown drive to beat the Texans, and they didn't put the Colts away until that record fourth quarter. But that's not the situation. I mean, Mike Vrabel's prioritizing the health of his team for that Week 18 division title game against the Jaguars, as he should. They've used a league-high 82 players on game days this season because of the physical way they play. It has an effect on both teams. And that number, I think, is going to increase tonight against the Cowboys. It's really, to me, similar um, to what happened with the Cowboys in Week 18 last year when they were on the road finishing the season against the Eagles. And Nick Sirianni rested 15 starters uh, against Dallas so that he could be have a healthy team for the playoffs the next week. Mike McCarthy 
outplayed all of his guys trying to create some playoff momentum, um, which it didn't work, by the way. But they did win that game at Philly 51-26, to and Dak Prescott threw five touchdown passes. So I think it's more that expectation tonight for me with Dallas playing the game out because they want to do everything they can until Philly wins the division to put the pressure on the Eagles. If the Cowboys win, the Eagles have to win on Sunday. Uh, so then do they play Jalen Hurts prematurely? Can they win without Jalen Hurts and without uh, Lane Johnson and without two defensive starters in the secondary? I like that the Cowboys are making them go win their game. We're talking to Ed Werder, ESPN NFL reporter. And, Ed, you know, my job is to sit around like an idiot in front of a microphone sometimes. Your job is to, to be the smart, measured one. So a lot of us that are sitting in front of microphones are yelling about the turnovers for Dak. I need smart, measured intelligence here. Is the turnover issue a real issue for Dak at this point? Well, it's an, it's an issue when you throw two pick sixes in back-to-back games and uh, one causes your team to lose in overtime directly and the next week against the Eagles, you know, on your first possession, you do it again. It's, it's less than ideal to put your team down 10 against arguably the best team in football as Dak Prescott did last week. That being said, this is a guy who throughout his career, and, and we're talking about seven years, has clearly demonstrated uh, that he values the ball and seldom puts it into jeopardy. I think a lot, I mean, I'm not, the, the mistake in Jacksonville, it bounced off the intended receiver, Noah Brown. The play the other day, he simply misjudged the length of the defensive player in between him and his receiver. That's on him. But generally speaking, he doesn't throw a lot of interceptions. I think the front office has made his job harder this year trading Amari Cooper in the offseason, their number one receiver. Clearly, CeeDee Lamb has played as a number one. It's the guys below him who have not stepped up, the Michael Gallups who have not stepped up. And that's the reason, you know, that's the reason Terrell Owens is calling Jerry Jones at age 49 (laughs) trying to get a job. It's the reason Jerry's out there talking to Odell Beckham Jr. and willing to sign him under any circumstances. And it's the reason they did actually sign a player who could really help them and change the equation and make – uh, it's easier for Dak Prescott to throw guys open, and that's T.Y. Hilton. We saw what he did in a clutch moment last week on third and 30. Ed, we have such a tendency to focus on that position when you're talking about Dallas, but obviously there's more to the team than just Dak Prescott. I want to ask you about that defense because despite the flashy names on that defense, at times this season, shockingly, that pass rush has been non-existent. That run defense has left a lot to be desired. Do you think this Cowboys team has concerns defensively as we head into a postseason? Yeah, you know, I think they started the season, you know, when they were when Dak was out and they were playing Cooper Rush. Um, you know, they were a more dominant defense than we've seen previously. I think now where they are from a personnel standpoint without Leighton Van Der Esch, without Jonathan Hankins, two of their key run defenders, uh, I think they do have a problem defending against the run, and that would be exposed tonight if Derrick Henry, who's listed as doubtful, were to play, um, but probably not going to play. Um, but, yeah, I think they're – I mean, the thing they still do well, better than anybody, is turn the ball over. I mean – they led the NFL in takeaways last year, and they're first in that again this year under Dan Quinn. No team has led the NFL in takeaways two years in a row since the Pittsburgh Steelers steel curtain back in the early 70s. Um, but, yeah, I think they'd like to get back to the way they were taking over games early in the season. They only have one sack in their last three games. That was from Micah Parsons. But if you look at the Philly game at the end of the game and at the end of the half, while they didn't get a sack in that game, they really did put 
a lot of pressure on uh, Gardner Minshew, and they did force a bunch of throwaways. Um, but I think if the, the number one thing for a defense is to create opportunities for your offense, the Cowboys are scoring the most points off takeaways in the NFL. Dak Prescott's talked about the importance of continuing that. Um, I think the defense will get back to where it was once they get some of these players back from injury. I think their secondary is never going to be the same again because uh, they've lost two corners this year. But I, I trust the defense more this year than I did a year ago. One word you just used a couple of times, Ed, was pressure. And obviously people constantly talk about pressure on Dak and pressure on McCarthy. But when I think pressure, I think about meeting expectations. So when you look at this team, should a deep playoff run actually be the expectation within this franchise this year? I think it, I think it has been. It's really the expectation every year. I think last year they were capable of it. They had every everything you could ever want, and that's certainly the way Jerry Jones looked at it and why he may have hesitated to publicly endorse Mike McCarthy's return uh, when they lost to the 49ers. They were the only division champion not to advance to the divisional round of the playoffs. They lost at home to the 49ers. Um, but, I mean, that team led the NFL in scoring. This team is leading the NFL in scoring since Dak Prescott came back. Uh, that team, like I said, led the NFL in takeaways and points off turnovers. This team's got that same quality to it. The difference is this team, in all likelihood, is going to have to go win on the road uh, in the postseason, and that's something Dallas hasn't done in a very long time. They've lost their last eight road playoff games. They haven't won a road playoff game since 1993 at San Francisco. It's been since the Jimmy Johnson era. This team went on the road and won. Now, Mike McCarthy went on the road and won. Uh, he did He did that to win his Super Bowl with the Packers as the number five seed, which it appears the Cowboys are going to be this year. So absolutely, that is the expectation. But if they fail to achieve that, if they go out in the first round again, I still don't think Jerry Jones makes a coaching change. ESPN NFL reporter Ed Warder. Ed, thanks so much for stopping by. Appreciate you, my friend. Thanks. Good to talk to you all. And you're not filling in for those guys. You're Wally pipping them. They just don't know it yet. (laughs) I like how you think there, Ed. I appreciate that very, very much. Uh, We do have our own shows coming up, though. Oh, yeah. We should tell everybody that. Amber, when's your show start? January 3rd for both of us, actually. Fitz and Harry from 12 to 3 Eastern, Monday through Friday. Joe and Amber. I'm still working on Amber and Joe. It's Joe and Amber for now. Joe and Amber, Monday through Friday, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on ESPN Radio. I'm gonna, nobody asked for this story, but I think there are a few things in my life that have surprised me more in this profession than not only you know getting the opportunity to work with Harry, which uh, I, I cannot wait for, uh, but when I just figured it'd be Harry and Fitz because he's Harry Douglas, right? <laughs> when they were like, it's going to be Fitz and Harry, I was like, huh. Yeah, who knew? You know, so uh, it is it is wild to to try and get used to that. But again, I will continue to say I think it's just because they didn't want me to make Harry Fitz jokes repeatedly. Probably so. Yeah, maybe a, a maturity issue that they're uh, yeah, avoiding there. So maybe smart. Also, you've been at ESPN longer than Harry Douglas, so there's that. Same with Joe. Uh, so a little bit of a seniority issue there. I mean, you guys could have gone alphabetical. Understandable. Well, that's you know that's what I was telling. Yeah, I mean Amber and Joe, Joe and Amber, Amber and Joe, Joe Fortin, by, by the way. For anybody that has only checked out, and I'm plugging your show here, Amber, but for anybody that's only checked out Joe Fortenbaugh on Daily Wager and Bet type content, uh, my guy is not only brilliant with all of that, he is great at all sports talk. So I'm excited to see you guys come together and be able to just do radio, you know, mm-hmm. in in show some more to the world that knows him for one thing. It's a chance for the world to get to know him for multiple things. I think it's really cool. Yeah, we too. both have the radio roots. We were both doing local shows for many, many years before we got here. 
to ESPN, so it should be a lot of fun. Also, of course, Fitz and Harry will be a lot of fun. Uh, there is no doubt about that after January 3rd. But right now, we are filling in for Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max. And we have to continue this conversation about the Dallas Cowboys and about generally the NFC. Are the Cowboys, to you, the most dangerous team in that conference? No. Um, I want the Cowboys to be the most dangerous team. I do. Uh, because I love playing Madden. When you're a fan of a team that sucks, which I am more often than not, uh, you play a lot of Madden because it's the only way you're ever going to see your favorite team win a Super Bowl. If I was playing a lot of Madden uh, and and I was playing against anybody, the Cowboys would be on the list of teams that I would want. Now, I think the Eagles top to bottom are the best roster in the NFC, but, I mean, uh, the Cowboys are, are on that list. I just, man, I am flat out frightened, like, original Halloween that you saw when you were like seven years old, poltergeist before you were old enough to understand it, exorcist scared of the 49ers defense. And I'm, I, I, I really think Brock Purdy's going to screw it up at some point, mm-hmm. but I'm so scared of that. De- like, I just don't know how you score on San Francisco. So I think if we're talking about the most dangerous teams in the NFC, the inability to get through the iron wall known as the 49ers defense to me is the scariest unit in all of the playoffs. So I think San Francisco is scarier. But, man, on paper, the Cowboys are really stinking good. Like, really stinking good. And that good. defense should be really stinking good. Like, yeah. on paper, that defense maybe should even be better than that San Francisco 49ers defense. I'm with you. The 49ers are terrifying, right? The problem for me with the 49ers is that quarterback position. Because although he's done a good job so far in Kyle Shanahan's system, and it's obviously – a credit to the brilliance of Shanahan that he can just keep it moving, no matter if it's Trey Lance or Jimmy Garoppolo or Brock Purdy under center, Jason Fitz under center, whoever's under center there, apparently they can win if they're in that system. So credit to the coaching staff. I just have a hard time believing it'll look the same in the playoffs and in a Super Bowl-type run. Like, how do you go from Mr. Irrelevant to a Super Bowl We will have never seen anything like it in NFL history. It's a very tall ask. It's a very big stage. I would have more belief in guys, even like a Jalen Hurts, who I've never seen do it in the postseason, but at least you feel like is more battle-tested, right, up to this point. It's so improbable to believe that at that quarterback position, when those those lights would be the brightest and the scrutiny would be there, you know, it's one thing when you come in in relief because they lost the other two guys. It's another thing when there's actual expectations. And the expectations are mounting for this 49ers team in large part because of that defense it's a good team it's not to me the scariest team though in the NFC because of that I'm scared of the Eagles with everything they have certainly that's been the most solid team throughout the NFL this season that's the best O-line they've got some of the best weapons obviously the Eagles are a very scary team I don't know what Jalen Hurts' shoulder is going to look like but they're terrifying I do give more credit to the Cowboys maybe than most or something about that Cowboys team even though I've seen some disappointment from that defense, which concerns me more, frankly, than even the Dak Prescott angle, even though we always focus on the Dak Prescott angle. He's, you know, battled injuries. Yes, there's some inaccuracy there, but I think that's all overcomable in a playoff-type scenario. That Cowboys team, to me, is a loaded team. The question there, to me, is McCarthy and some of that interesting play calling that we normally see in the postseason that's cost them in the past. Yeah, game management is such a – like, the the thing is, when we get into the playoffs, these teams are all so good – 
that there's a little bit of like inches make huge, uh, huge differences, right? So like the small things matter more. So where situational game management, letting some seconds run off here, not using a timeout there, challenging the wrong play, you can survive that in a regular season game. I don't know that you can survive that as easily in the playoffs. I, I think what's what's wild is that I can't, other than Philadelphia, I can really put a yeah but on every team in the NFC. Uh, with with San Francisco, I could say, yeah, but the quarterback. Now, I, I could already imagine 49ers fans are going to get in our menchies and be like, well, what about Brady? What about Brady? What about Brady? I think part of what makes the 49ers thing remarkable is that you've seen them win with Jimmy G. It looks like they're going to win with Trey Lance. Now they're winning with Brock Purdy. It feels like whoever goes in there, like if I'm the 49ers, I may never sign a quarterback again. Just draft a guy every year in the sixth round and let that guy go seventh round, let that guy come in. So uh, that's my big yeah, but there. The Cowboys, you got the yeah, but of Mike McCarthy. The Vikings, you have the yeah, but of can, you know, what time's kickoff? Can Kirk Cousins win at night? As stupid as that is, it's a trend and it's real and it's out there. Like uh, the, the Buccaneers, yeah, but the entire roster not named Brady hasn't been good enough, right? So like you can yeah, but your way through every team in the NFC, not name the Eagles. And that's why like if we're talking about who's the scariest, it's the one team that I don't have to sit there and, and defend any, like, what do you have to defend as the reason Philly can't win? I mean, the yeah, but would be, I haven't seen Jalen Hurts do it in a postseason. Yeah. That would be the yeah, but. We're talking about a guy who... Is that a viable yeah, but, though? Like, I mean... Well, I mean, we're talking about a guy who we didn't even know was the future of the Eagles until the end of last season. And then we're like, okay, he'll get another shot. You know? And now, all of a sudden, we're talking MVP conversation if he hadn't gotten hurt. So, that would, I guess, be the yeah, but. But you're right, to that point, to your point. It is a solid team from top to bottom. It is hard to find the flaw in that team. Uh, there are many flaws for my Miami Dolphins, unfortunately. So let's quickly take it over uh, to the other conference here. Uh, Tua Tungavaloa is day-to-day. It seems like Teddy Bridgewater is going to get the start here down the stretch for the Dolphins. The Dolphins have to win one and they're in. If they had beat the Green Bay Packers, they would have already been in. Uh, They didn't do that because Tua gifted them the ball on three straight offensive possessions there down the stretch. It appears now that Tua was playing through a concussion. He's out. They're going to be extra careful with him. Teddy Bridgewater, a viable veteran backup. He's taking first team reps. He'll be ready for it. Do you think that they can beat either the New England Patriots or the New York Jets? This is what they have to do to make a postseason with Teddy Bridgewater at the helm. I never like warm weather teams having to go to New England in December. Like I've just, or January. I'm just. I don't like anything about my Miami Dolphins in December. Yeah, Ever. I mean, that's that's a fair point. I So I'm out on the Patriots. I, the Patriots are not good. No. Not at all. But you it's should, in New England. You it's, should be able to beat that team with Teddy Bridgewater. You should. Uh, I'm not even is, – is Mac Jones better than Teddy Bridgewater? Like, I'm not sure the starting quarterback of the New England Patriots is better than the backup quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. Uh, he is clearly not. And by the way, I mean, if we don't care about whether Derek Carr to the Patriots, oh, that's just – All right, uh, now that I've got those, those chills. Um, I, I don't – I just don't like warm weather teams play. Like I watched it uh, Christmas Eve with the Raiders against the Steelers. And it was so funny looking at how uncomfortable guys even seemed running, you know, on one side, like when your body's not used to that level of cold, it just seems to hit different. Unlike unlike the Seahawks players at all were shirtless and like, you know, sub 10 degree weather. I I will say this. I thought that that narrative changed a little bit though, after the way the Dolphins played the Bills. Like I thought we got rid of that conversation because the Dolphins were so in that game that they can't play in cold weather. That's fair. I still like, I don't know. I just think it hits different for all of us. Like human beings, 
that walk. If you're not used to being in New York and you walk up to our studios in Seaport in the middle of December, Believe it hits. Me. It hits. It and then, is cold up here in New York. I don't know if you guys are aware who live up here, yeah. but there's warmer places on Earth, like where I live in Florida. It is cold. You know here. who's not cold? The massive rats hanging out. Uh, That's but true. The Jets They're game becomes the the Jets one is the more interesting one mm-hmm. because the Jets have a great defense. I don't know that you can score on the Jets defense with Teddy Bridgewater. But I don't trust the Jets' offense. So that game, I mean, that could end up being a for all the marbles type football game. Like, that's that's wild. That could end up being for the opportunity to go to the playoffs. Mike so, White against Teddy Bridgewater. Oh. Uh, the matchup that we all expected as we entered this season. I think Teddy Bridgewater is a viable backup. I mean, he came in in relief for two in the Bengals game. He put up pretty decent numbers in that game. He had no time to prepare. He was supposed to start the next week against the New York Jets back then, and he got knocked out of the game right away. So they have to go to Thompson. The Dolphins find themselves in a weird situation. Teddy Bridgewater's in concussion protocol. He clears it. Didn't seem to suffer a concussion in that game, gets a start against the Vikings. The numbers weren't atrocious against the Vikings. Big loss, though, for the Dolphins. He hasn't really had the opportunity here. Only 60 passes so far this season. He should have the opportunity to work on his timing in McDaniel's offense. I think that Patriots team ain't good. They should be able to beat the New England Patriots, even in cold weather. With Teddy Bridgewater under center, I'm a lot more nervous about the New York Jets. No matter who's at the helm for the Jets, I'm a lot more nervous about that game. So I prefer my Dolphins to just go ahead and get it done. Listen up, coach, okay? Run the ball. You haven't done enough of that with Tua? (laughs) Do it now with Teddy under center. Amber Wilson, Jason Fitz, we're filling in for the guys here. (laughs) I'm just on KJM. I'm going to take us to church. You're taking us to church. I I, I am because, I mean, what are we doing? Like, run the ball. We would have beat the Packers. We were running all over the Packers. Why did we get away from that game plan? I digress. I just got to let you know quickly that if the Dolphins lose to the Patriots, depending on the outcome of that last game, after Jarrett Stidham leaves my beloved Raiders to two straight wins, Raiders can still make the playoffs. Oh, I forgot about all that. (laughs) Uh, I think oh, we all God. forgot. About no, all I'm, of not, that. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not drunk. Imagine if Jarrett didn't Stidham gets it done. Oh goodness! Uh, coming up next with the Raiders. Speaking of yeah. moving on from Derek Carr, what does this mean for Devonte Adams' future? We haven't gotten to that angle of the Derek Carr story yet. But first, this word from FanDuel. NFL Wild Card Weekend is almost here. And the easiest way to get into the playoffs is with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. New customers join today to get started. $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up with promo code PLAY. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props, so don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in bonus bets, win or lose, with promo code PLAY. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Listen to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max live everywhere you are. Download the ESPN app. Tap the More tab on the bottom right. Scroll down and tap Live Radio. ESPN Radio, everywhere you are. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle tonight la quinta tomorrow you shine book direct at lq.com passion drive and patience the formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive 
eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Here we go on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, Amber Wilson, and Jason Fitz filling in for the guys today on ESPN Radio, which of course is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Give him a follow on Twitter and Instagram. He needs the followers. At Jason Fitz, give me a follow as well. At Amber W. Sports. A man who needs no more followers because he's just got so many. Our colleague, Q Myers, Q, we bring it in because, you know, we just don't have enough Raiders representation on this show today. (laughs) So I thought we need to get a little more. So we turn to Q. He hosts the Locked On Raiders podcast, LV Sports Network. Of course, I mentioned also ESPN radio host. So Q, uh, what's going on right now with your organization, buddy? Feels like not the best day for the Las Vegas Raiders. What do you think led to this decision with Derek Carr? You know, it was it was kind of a wild day, you know, yesterday when the announcement from head coach Josh McDaniels came down about Carr being benched and them turning to Stidham for the final two games. And there's a couple different things that are in play here. And one, obviously, is finances, right? I mean, the $40 million that is guaranteed if he gets injured over the course of the next two games. And so uh, that was uh, the massive uh, that was the the biggest reason why this is happening right now. But also, I mean, he hasn't played very well, right? The last four or five games, he just hasn't been that good. 55% completion percentage, nine interceptions. He leads the league in interceptions. It just doesn't look like, if you look at his body language from Christmas Eve when they lost to the Steelers, just doesn't look like he's comfortable. And so it felt like after that game that a divorce was coming close. And, well, ultimately on Wednesday uh, when the finances were brought into it, and, you know, I know the Raiders still have a mathematical chance of making the playoffs, uh, but a very, very slim opportunity. Just felt like it didn't make any sense, and so that's why Josh McDaniels and company pulled the trigger. You don't believe in Jared Stidham? What are we doing? No. I mean, I've seen, Stidham. I've seen Stidham from high school to college, and I know who Stidham is. Nice guy, decent quarterback. He's not going to take you to the promised land. So when you talk about divorces, let's talk about a marriage because Devontae Adams – married Derek Carr to play with the Raiders, right? Like his bestie playing for his childhood favorite team. So what does all this mean for Devontae's future? That's a great question. And, you know, in the locker room, he talked uh, to, you know, reporters yesterday, and he didn't sound committal past the next two games, right? And and right now it's fresh. So, one, the the emotions are still there. He said he's going to do what he's got to do. The reason he's a Raider is because of Derek Carr. He he made that perfectly clear. So, you know, there's that to take into account. He also went to Instagram and let it be known that, you know, Derek Carr gave it everything he has, and he's going to ride with his brother. They don't – not my words, his. And so that's that's just uh, something that's going to have to be worked out. Whoever the next guy is going to be, 
be as the long-term quarterback for the silver and black better be approved by 17, right? I mean, he, he better think that that's a good idea because, look, he left Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay because he wasn't sure what direction that team was going to go and if Aaron Rodgers was in or if he was out. Now, all of a sudden, the guy that he thought had all the stability in the world is out. So that's got to be a tough blow for Devontae Adams. Hear me out. I mean, the Packers want to see what Jordan Love is. Aaron Rodgers may not be happy. Aaron Rodgers a Raider next year. It's a very good possibility. You know, I've talked about three different, you know, veterans that, that could <laughs> Amber be is rolling her eyes. Amber I, I is just out. On my eyes no, and you know, it, I, it, it's funny because I, I kind of roll my eyes at that as well. But, it, and, you know, you go back to finances. The finances, I don't see it working right. out. Right. That's the biggest thing. It's like million 41, per. Well, it's like $41 million in dead money if they trade them. Also, right. that's the other thing. And is Green Bay going to take that to do the Raiders a solid? Mm-hmm. I don't think so, no. right? So I don't really see – I see that as a long, long shot. But, Jason, we've seen some wild things happen in the NFL. Uh, dream so on, little dreamer, Fitz, <laughs> is what I'm here to tell you. <sighs> Q Myers, LV Sports Network, ESPN radio host. He also hosts Locked On Raiders podcast. Few plugged into this organization more than Q. You mentioned it there with Devontae Adams. He says Carr's the reason he's there. A bag of money might have had a little something to do with that <laughs> as well. But I'm guessing his future there is very dependent on who they bring in next. Q. What are they going to do with the, about, about this quarterback position if we're assuming that this means that they're moving on from Derek Carr? It's got to be a veteran, Amber. I mean, it just has to be. Look, he didn't want to catch passes from Jordan Love and Green Bay because he didn't know what Aaron Rodgers was going to do, or at least he didn't know the long-term future. So I can't imagine that the Raiders go and get one of the big three quarterbacks that will be available in April's draft, and he's like, yeah, that's cool. Let's do that. I, don't, I just don't think that that's the, the direction that Devontae wants to go. He has aspirations of winning championships. He wants to be a Hall of Famer, and he wants to know who he's catching passes from and who they are, and I just don't see that as being a rookie. So I think it has to be a veteran. And, you know, you're going to hear the regular names. You're going to hear Tom Brady as a possibility. You're going to hear Jimmy G as a possibility. We already talked about Aaron Rodgers. I mean, anyone with New England ties, really, that's a veteran is probably, a, you know, a possibility. Even Baker Mayfield, who I know has no ties, but I'm sure that because he's a free agent, that name will be floated. Um, that's not a whole lot of great pickings there as far as I'm concerned. Fitz does not look nearly as excited as when we were talking no, about Aaron nope, Rodgers nope. as a slim possibility. I don't, I don't blame him. Uh, I don't blame him. Uh, Q, I'm going to ask you a philosophical, deep question. Seriously. Okay. There is a chance to what you just mentioned. Josh Jacobs, leading rusher in the NFL. That he's mm-hmm. not under contract next year. They could let him walk. Yep. Uh, Devontae Adams could force a trade. Very, yep. very simply. The Raiders could go into complete, and I do mean complete rebuild mode, draft a rookie quarterback and start an entire new organization, essentially. They have so little ties to the community of Las Vegas, which is essentially an expansion city still learning this team. Can the city and the team afford the waiting period that a rebuild would require? I don't think so. I really don't, you know, and that's that's one of the reasons why I think that Devontae Adams was also brought in. I mean, Fitz, you know Vegas as well as anybody. You've got to have something here, right? I mean, look, there's 440,000 people coming here this, this New Year's, and they're not going to go to the Raider game, right? I mean, they're coming here to party. There's too many options here in this city to go to. That's why UNLV can't get any fans in the stands because they're not good enough. Like, you have to be good to be able to be sustainable and, and watchable here in this city. So I don't think a rebuild is something that they can afford as an organization trying to dig its roots into this community. They've got to do something. They've got to do it fast. They can't have a plan. They've got to have the plan moving forward. They have to have the plan moving forward. If who hears that they're going to be moving forward without Derek Carr, mm-hmm. quickly here, Q, on the way out. Where do you think Derek Carr may be moving forward? 
Um, I really honestly, he said many times that he, he wouldn't play if he wasn't a Raider, and I actually hold him to it. He's got way more things that he cares and loves than just football. He could be a preacher, be a golfer. I mean, he could just sit there and chill. I think that that's what's really going to happen. I don't think he plays anywhere next year. That would be. That was bringing the take. Right that there, would be. Stu- that's going to be clipped off cue and used on all the shows all day. <laughs> Q Myers just did what I couldn't do in four hours. He gave everybody a soundbite. Q knows Tell how to do it here running. at ESPN Radio. <laughs> Everyone is clipping that off. Well done, Q. Thirty-one-year-old quarterback hanging it up. I mean, that's a Myers mic drop. The, the Myers <laughs> mic drop. Well Thank done, you. Q Myers. Uh, Q Myers, LV Sports Network, Woo. ESPN Radio host, of course, host of the Locked on Raiders podcast as well. Q, thanks so much for hanging out with us. Thank you, Appreciate brother. you guys. Thanks so much. Uh, also hanging out, Jason Fitz, Amber Wilson. We're hanging out because we're filling in for those guys today on KJM. Coming up next, we're going to continue to do just that. Which college football championship matchup do you want to see most? Fitz and I disagree. We're going to fight next. This is ESPN Radio. Ooh. Listen to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max live everywhere you are. Download the ESPN app. Tap the More tab on the bottom right. Scroll down and tap Live Radio. ESPN Radio, everywhere you are. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. The highlight of Jason Fitz's radio career. You just peaked. It's all downhill from here. Yeah, that's probably fair. That's actually probably fair. That was the best moment of today's show. Uh, it's been a very fun show, a Raiders-heavy show, yeah. if you will, of course, with Jason that Fitz. A, that is a word. I mean, uh, a lot of things aren't fun for the Las Vegas Raiders right now, but we've got to move on from the Raiders conversation uh-huh. because it is the college football playoffs. And ESPN Radio has you covered for all bowl game action. Tune in today for the Bad Boy Mowers Pinstripe Bowl. Bragger! By the cheese it bowl. I nailed it. Jason hasn't nailed that read all so long. Cheese it bowl and the Valero Alamo Bowl coverage begins at 2 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. 
That is Jason Fitz. Wow. I am Amber Wilson. Give him a follow on social wow. media at Jason Fitz. You can give me a follow as well at Amber W Sports. Maurice Claret. He is a former Ohio State running back, of course. He was on Canty and Carlin. And when he was talking about his team as we head into Saturday in these matchups in the college football playoffs, he was asked how much pressure is on the coach of his Ohio State Buckeyes. Here was Maurice Claret. I'm rooting for Ryan Day, but I purposely make these comments uh, on purpose, hoping that they get to him. I hope they get to him, and I hope it infuriates him, and I hope that he knows that this is a major moment. He can uh, make something for his legacy. I hope the players know as well that they can they can make something of themselves because the stakes are high and the moment is important and everybody's watching you. And now it's like, what do you want to do? This is what you train for. This is what you run through stand fits for. This is what you run heels for. This is why you lift weights. This is why you do 6 a.m. This is it. Like, there's nothing better than this. Like, you, you get a chance to have a significant moment where you can display your coaching talent and your physical talents on the field over four quarters. And now everything that you want to become and how you want to be remembered, you have the moment to do it. Maurice Claret still supporting his alma mater. He's the best fan of the month. The best fan of the month is brought to you by Dr. Pepper. It ain't college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one that fans deserve. Let me ask you a question, Amber. Can, if, if I'd have told you a month ago when Ohio State got thumped, just embarrassed by their biggest rival against Michigan, that every one of their season goals could still be in front of you? Like, think about it. I mean, I would have rolled my eyes. Uh, This Ohio State team. I'm tired of these guys, but I'm also tired of them having a weak schedule and always being in this situation. This was the season that I thought they're not going to do it. And then they got a lot of help from a lot of people, and then they were able to do it. It, it, To me, this story, though, the potential rematch, it adds to everything. So I guess ultimately, as a college football fan, I'm excited about the way that we got here. But like everything that they want to accomplish, because as we said earlier, they're, they're judged only by national championships. That's one thing Heather Dinnett said. So you got your butt kicked mm-hmm. by your biggest kicked. rival, and you still have a shot at a national championship. Mm-hmm. Like that should be a reinvigorating moment. And I would challenge everybody, look, I, do I think that Ohio State can beat Georgia? That's a, that's a lofty ask. But I would challenge everybody to slow down a little bit on the death of Ohio State because a year ago, right now, it was Georgia's dead. They got killed in the SEC championship game by Alabama. They can't beat Bama. There's no way they can win a national championship, which is exactly what they turned around and did. Like, you have second life. You have second opportunity. You have arisen. It's like Michael Myers. Like, you think they're dead, and then they sit up. All of a sudden, Ohio State's got to sit up here, and this is their opportunity to come up and still kill this season. Like, they have the chance to do everything they set out to do if they can refocus, put the loss behind him, and go out and have the game of their lives against a great Georgia team. Well, that's the problem, right, is now they're playing a Georgia team that didn't get killed in the SEC championship. In fact, did the killing of LSU in the SEC championship. Georgia's killed everybody, basically everybody this season, absent, what, Mizzou and, and Kansas. I mean, they have killed everybody this season. And because of that, I think that they're just too dominant as they head into this round of these playoffs. Ohio State has a chance at redemption. I don't think they're going to get to that point. I don't think they're going to be given the opportunity for redemption because I think Georgia is just too good from top to bottom. This Georgia team has been remarkable to me because not only is that offense better than it was last season, and we have a quarterback in the Heisman, you know, finalist in New York, but also that defense was somehow able to reload after losing so many stars. I can't tell you how many times, how many air I wasted in the offseason talking about, oh, this Georgia team, they're going to take a step back. They lost so many starters on defense and how wrong I was. That team didn't miss a beat. 
Plus, now there's guys on that team who have won the championship. And, oh, by the way, that head coach has done it as well. I, I rarely toot my own horn, but toot, toot. I, there are two things that I was oh, very right. Oh, you saw it coming, Jason? Two Fitz? things I, I called. One, I called Georgia repeating in the SEC. And two, I said that Alabama wouldn't make it to the college football playoff. Oh, look at you. Look at me. Every once in a while but, you get something right. Yeah, I'm broken clocks right twice a day. But the reason I predicted that was because I, I value swagger. Like, if you look at the recruiting classes for Georgia year in and year out, they have been spectacular. And the one knock on them has been, but they can't beat Bama, but they can't beat Bama, but they can't beat Bama. The minute they did that, they reset everything. And I, what, you, what I expected to see and what I think we have seen throughout the course of much of the year this year is a much, like, the weight was lifted off the shoulders of Stetson Bennett, mm-hmm. of Kirby Smart, of Georgia as a program. And now all you got to do is just go out and be you. Like, once you got the it's not just that they won an Addy. It's that they beat Alabama to do it. And by doing that, I think they sort of created this aura around what they're out to accomplish. So we've seen a Georgia team that should reload. I mean, they have so many great recruits. They should reload. And now that they've done that, it's interesting because I I think they're going to beat Ohio State this weekend. Uh, But if Ohio State's even competitive in that game, I think people can have a little peace of mind. The one result that can't happen for Ohio State and their fans – you can't go out and get beat by 40. You can't go out and get blown out. The problem Ohio State fans have right now with the state of Ohio State is that their four or five losses, as Heather Dinich relayed earlier for Ryan Day, have been blowout losses. Mm-hmm. Like They've been they, ugly losses. They get beat ugly. they got to go in and play a competitive game against Georgia. I think that's a tall ask because, like, mm-hmm. Jalen Carter is not good. Jalen Carter is great, and he is a disruptor in the middle of that defensive line surrounded by a bunch of disruptors. If you are an NFL fan and you haven't watched a second of college football, watch this game on Saturday because Jalen Carter has every reasonable expectation to be the second or third pick in the NFL draft, and he is going to show the world why in this game. This college football playoff preview is brought to you by Princess Cruises. I love this boat. That game is coming your way at 8 p.m. on Saturday. Before that, though, oh, by the way, there's another game at 4 p.m. I feel like we're not talking about enough in TCU in Michigan and I feel like the reason it doesn't get enough in terms of coverage is because people don't feel like TCU stands a chance and I also think Michigan is going to end up winning this game however I do think TCU is going to be far more competitive than people realize this is a really fun offense to watch with TCU an air raid offense a heck of a story with a first year head coach in Sonny Dykes Max Duggan and what he's been able to do nobody would have predicted you could have maybe predicted Stetson Bennett in New York you could not have possibly predicted Max Duggan part of that conversation and you could not have possibly predicted this team would be in this scenario at this point in the season that's the story to me but also it's a story that I think we're going to see play Michigan harder than then maybe we're realizing. I think TCU can keep it close for a, a sort of strength versus weakness because mm-hmm. TCU's defense is bad in the first half, has been for much of the year. But the way I think Michigan's going to attack them is running the football. So if they could, even if they get beat down the field running the football, as long as they're not getting beat by explosive big plays running the football, they have the chance to keep this thing close-ish through the first half. Mm-hmm. And then the second half has been like a, a, a rebirth every single week, I feel like, for TCU. So you mentioned Duggan, and I also say Quentin Johnston mm-hmm. and uh, Keandre Miller, the running back. Like, they have explosive players at all the key positions. So TCU can be creative offensively. TCU can get after it offensively. They can create big plays offensively. Can they make those big plays happen against Michigan? And that's going to be a real question mark because certainly Michigan's defense did a great job against Ohio State. It's a very explosive offense. We all know that. Can TCU go out and keep this game close in the first half? And if they can, belief is a big thing. And TCU believes they're in every game all the way down to the wire. They've got as 
Harry likes to say a lot. They've got the grapefruits that, that come with sort of the process of winning close games. ESPN Radio has you covered for bowl game action. Tune in Saturday for the All-State Sugar Bowl, followed by the college football semifinals, the Verbo Fiesta Bowl, the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. Coverage begins right here at 1130 in the morning on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. It is a big, big Saturday for college football. I don't think either of these teams are going to be looking past their opponent. You're in a playoff scenario. I don't think Michigan's going to be sleeping on TCU, even though they're the underdog. And certainly Georgia is not going to be overlooking Ohio State. No matter who wins, it's going to be a heck of a watch as we head into a national championship. This has been Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max with Jason Fitz and Amber Wilson on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.